who's on like social media, and then there's a guy in like a white t-shirt and a beret. It's not the guy in the beret. <laughs> no, no, no. It's the guy that's a bit like Castillo. Like, um, he's a, he, he did that story about going to his niece's house party and then he pulled up loads of young yeah, guys. That's it. Yeah, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy. Yeah. That guy. Um, oh, what's his name? <sighs> yeah, him anyway. He pulled out some mad, like, zombie killer knives on the social media. Yeah, mate, he came on Amazon. What was on Amazon? Oh, with the knives. Yeah, I suggest to everyone buy yourself a knife. It's not even an offensive thing, innit? I use it for work. It's only about two inches long, but the fact it locks means that it's offensive. Um, but yeah, no, I recommend everyone buy them. Very cool. <laughs> Yo, talking about knives, you've got the sharpest podcasters in the game on the line right now. It is BRB with your boy Cal Sirius alongside uh, Ben English. What's going on? Episode eighty-one. And a man like Ash. Yo, I'm here. I was waiting for Ryan to go. <laughs> we need to establish yeah. an order. Yeah, it's all Nah, good. free flowy, man. Free flow. Oh, that's cool. I was I was happy to be fourth. Um, what's going on? A true Arsenal fan. Um, oh, Ryan here. <laughs> Ryan here. Stop being a dickhead. <laughs> that was a cold shot, you know. Yeah, man. No, I'm sorry, man. Nah, he's got the little flicky. He thinks he's... Crocodile, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's on crud now, isn't it? Yeah, he's a shank man. He's like <laughs> two inch blade. So, what do you is it so you need your knife for work and all of that? Yeah, for work, but you open a lot of boxes, isn't it? I open a lot of deliveries. A lot of and they gave me a little safety knife, and the certic gets kept getting stuck in the little safety part. And I was like, oh, This is rubbish. Open up, open up a lot of dickheads for chatting. shit That's what you meant. That's it. <laughs> but I noticed in YouTube, they always have like big, like. Rambo knives to open boxes. I'm watching a lot of the unboxing channels and they pull out this Rambo and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Bruv, I tried using scissors, but I realised you actually hold a blade whilst you're opening a box. It's like, that's really dangerous. It is, a bit, it is a bit techie as well. You could cut yourself. I don't think I could carry a little blade for work because, you know. You work in a school, bro. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Just hiding up the seven-year-olds. Hey, blood. Hey, do your phonics, blood. <laughs> do your phonics. I don't think there's ever been like a... Not in the UK, anyway. A teacher that's like gone off and really like wild out. There's no crazy videos coming out of English schools, are there? I know in American, American videos you see just absolute madness going on in classrooms. I haven't seen it over here. I've heard stories about chairs being thrown at teachers and I think that's wild, but I've not actually seen a video. Uh, kids, listen to this. Start filming these interactions. For the culture. Mm, no comment. No, not for the culture. We don't want to see none of that. We don't want to see none of that. We don't want to see people's getting flung against the wall. And... No, we definitely don't. No, it's a sticky one. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mad. It's mad. We don't want to emulate American uh, pop culture with the teachers being beaten up. Did you see that video of the kids having a fight in the toilet? The American kids having a fight in the toilet and then the door, one of the door bus and, the, and his kids having a shit right in between these two boys fighting. Have you seen that? No. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've what seen is it, it about fighting in toilets? Like, we never had fights in toilets. No, in, in, in the toilets, they're a pretty, you know, private place. So you can kind of get away with murder. I don't think teachers usually dwell in and around toilets. So you can kind of do what you want there with anonymity, like smoke or tears. Yeah. My only experience of going to the toilet in school was 
when I was desperate for like a number two, and then one of the ki- one of this one older kid was like smoking fags or something in the toilet. And he's like, yeah, don't worry, man. Like you can go to the toilet. I won't like no one interrupt. I was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> then I was because Cal no Cal will vouch being in school. Like you definitely didn't want to go to the toilet in school for some reason. I don't know. Just taking a shit in school was the next thing. Like uh, then there was a huge negative stigma around doing a number two. It's it's almost like you're a dirty, filthy individual if you do a number two <laughs> in school. You know what I mean? I did one in five years. I don't think that's a bad uh, that's a bad run. Really? Is it that mm, that deep? I used to do that all the time. Most of the time, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't hold back. I don't think our toilets were that great, to be honest. But um, mm. yeah, funny that straight into the toilet humor. But um, yeah, how is everyone doing anyway? Cal, how you doing? Since you kicked kicked off the podcast, how you doing, bro? Man, I am good. Uh, I'm actually just gassed right now because I was just watching. The Rep Game UK season two, just mm. before uh, we got on the call, and um, I'm I'm really gassed about that right now, man. Is it, um, um, is it better than the first? Is it how's it looking? Because I know they got um, a second season, which is really good. Well done, DJ Target and Krypton Conan. So, yeah, they're man are back with a new bunch of rap hopefuls. I think what's interesting is these days, in this day and age, everyone can do their thing independently. So a lot of these people are already popping on social media, YouTube, you know what I mean? They've got like a million views on their video. They've got thousands of followers on Instagram. Um, and now they're, you know, they're just going to amplify their platform, regardless of whether they win it or not. It's just a great look for them to be in a competition. And I just watched the first episode. I see some of them have got some skills. Um, you know, doing their little freestyle, they're going to do their challenges every week. So it's something cool to kind of watch every week and then follow their progress um, and see who ends up winning it. But what I thought was interesting about the, the first episode of season two was they brought in this ranking system where like everybody sort of does whatever task it is this week. And then they end up ranking them based on who's who, you know, the judges think are is going to be the best artist. And so... After the ranking came out, there was one guy who was gassed in it, full of himself. He, he, he said, yeah, I'm the best MC in this competition. And he didn't end up being the number one spot. So he started moaning about it. Another guy kicked off with him. There was a little bit of drama towards the end of the episode. But, um, so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think if people are into like reality TV or even just like rap music and talent shows, you're going to enjoy this, man. And mm. it's, um, it's Zones in the, in the first spot. D-Droid in second, Shogun in third, Leisha in fourth, Graft in fifth, Micah in sixth. I'm hoping Leisha does well. She's a East London youth um, and she's got skills. All of them are decent. Shogun is the is the guy that was gassed, thinks he's the best MC in the competition, representing Scotland. Um, mm. And we'll see Zones to me seems like a typical uh, kind of straight off of the blocks type of rapper that Kurt and Conan are just going to feel they're going to, he's going to resonate with them. And so I think that's why he's in the number one spot at the moment. But let's see what happens. Nice, you know what, nice. I'm going to give that a watch. Yeah, I started to watch the first season because I know we spoke about it ages ago on the podcast and then I fell off with it. Um, but it's good to see Krypton Conan and Target doing this and, and BBC commissioning it again. And yeah, man, it can only be a good thing. And these artists, obviously, this is just a stepping stone. Like the, the hard work is then getting signed and then pushing on. Now they've got a following, so... That's good to know. That's good no to know. Doubt. Hey, we usually talk about what we're drinking, and um, I'm drinking my Hulk shake. That's what I usually call it. Um, a whole bunch of shit that I put into a, a blender. Um, but I've added a couple of eggs as well for that extra little kick of protein. Um, so that's 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 my beverage of choice right now. What's up with you, man? What are you drinking as well? Um, 
Oh god, now I'm drinking rooibos. So I just had a. This is a, this is how I know we're recording on a Sunday and it's chilled. So after <laughs> la, <laughs> after last night, I did a bit of a bit of red wine um, on my own because obviously the missus isn't drinking. Halloween, a few things on TV, and then I was drinking straight tea and coffee because I was watching some of the fights, which we can talk about in a bit. But I'm on a I'm on a chilled one today with the rooibos. What is a rooibos? It's a type of tea from South Africa. Yeah, it's a it's a caffeine free tea. It's really nice. So, if you don't want caffeine, especially if you go before you go to bed, again showing how old I am, or you want a bit of a bit of honey, or if you're with someone who's pregnant, you have to have to limit the amount of caffeine that they can have. How do you spell this rooibos? R E U. Oh, yeah. Uh, I B U S. Yeah, it's like a red box. Rooibos. Uh, yeah, it is really nice, man. Um, yeah, sort of ticks that box. That's me anyway. I'm drinking um, whole milk, having some cookies. <laughs> How we've changed. We used, <laughs> to be, we used to be so rock and roll. <laughs> I know, man. man. Drinking Ash, small... drink? yeah, I'm on. drinking Evian. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, not gonna lie. Oh. I had a smoothie earlier on. Um, I was drinking a lot yesterday because I was out for my friend's birthday. Went to Shoreditch. Getting it in bars. before the lockdown, yeah? Getting it in before yeah, the lockdown. Yeah, well, it seems that like every single time that like we all link up, a lockdown's pending, so one of my guys who I was out with, he got married on the 20th of March, um, the day before the, the big lockdown that we had last time. Mm. And then yesterday is my friend's birthday. Um, and yeah, we went out. We went shuffleboarding. Have you guys done shuffleboarding before? Oh, what's up? So it's like, you know curling? Yeah. It's a bit like that, but it's with like these really small pucks. And it's on um, a board which has sand on it. So you have to try to pitch it and get it right to the like the end zone without it falling off the table. Mm. It's cold. I'm on this. I'm on yeah, this. Yeah, it's cold. Genuinely, like when we're allowed out and we're allowed to actually do things again, um, okay. we should do a BRB link up. Shuffleboarding is cold. Yeah, I'm it's, looking it's at it cold. now. Yeah, it looks I definitely like a bit of curling. So if it's similar to that, then that yeah. Obviously, there's no great. sweeping and that, but it's just like a straight a straight line, and you've got like numbers at different ends. So mm. you go to one end, say that there'll be four, say that it's for us, so it'll be me and Ryan against you and um, Cal and Ben. So that I'll go with my puck, then Ben will go with his puck, then Ryan will go with his puck, then Cal, you'll go with your puck. And then there's four pucks, you do like two throws each. And it, the aim is to get to the furthest point, and then you have to be within the scoring zone. And then once you're in the scoring zone, if like, for instance, I've got two pucks ahead of your last puck, they're my scoring pucks. But if I've only got one, but I can only get one score. Once you do it, it makes a lot of sense. That was a really crap explanation. But yeah, sh- shuffleboarding is is dope. Sounds fun. Sounds fun. Is that uh, where was that? Is that um... Shoreditch? No, but like where? In which bit? Like was it in a bar or was it in the um, the big uh, Dinorama place? Not Dinorama, no. So it's got its own place. It's called London Shuffle Club, um, and there's this one where you can do it on the floor with like this broom and you push the stuff. That one's dead. Um, the one on the table is a lot better because you just kind nice. of control it. But yeah, it's I'm really on, good. I'm on all of that. There's a golf, even like crazy golf or uh, ghetto golf or indoor golf, whatever it's called. That putt shack. Yeah, I've done that before. That is a very good night, mate. That is yeah, a very good night. Good. And um, it's good for socialising. But yeah, none of that, none of that as of this week. <laughs> Everything's sort Some of bullshit, man. Month lockdown, boy. <laughs> I shouldn't even laugh. It's not, I'm not on it at all. I shouldn't even laugh. I shouldn't even laugh. But so much to cover today. Um, 
obviously we've got news of the nationwide lockdown in England anyway. I know other countries have been dealing with it differently. And we've also just got to say a quick RIP to two people in particular, uh, Nobby Styles, a football player for England and Man United, amongst other teams. Uh, he won the World Cup in 1966. RIP Nobby Styles, uh, centre mid, would you say, defensive midfielder? Uh, the guy with no teeth who seemed to be dancing around and also Sean Connery R.I.P. James Bond arguably the best James Bond mm. Mm. I agree no, I think he's all... most people's favourite oh, so. most popular Roger James Bond uh, he's, the yeah, he's the second best um, so who's, who's number one Daniel Craig really that's wow! A, that's a one. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have said Pierce Brosnan, but he, he fell apart after um, uh, after Goldeneye. Shocking! All these films are shocking. You're no, he, he, Ryan. He, <laughs> like, he was arguably in the Pierce Brosnan in the second. No, yeah. It's the thing about Sean Connery is, um, first of all, rest in peace. Uh, a lot of people I saw online. Um, t- tell me if I'm dead wrong for this. But I saw a lot of people being like, "Oh no!" Like 2020 strikes again, and I was like, "He was 90." <laughs> yeah. can, we just, can we just like appreciate he had, a, he had a really good run he gave us some great films um, as misogynistic and as problematic they are looking backwards um, obviously we can't hold him no we can because he was saying that he's right to hit a woman if she's hysterical but all that aside <laughs> he, he, he done well with James Bond um, he did embody the character and it was kind of his role for a long time but yeah this kind of Oh no, and what a shame. Oh, this year's finished because of this. I'm like, no, man, this is. If you hate this, then you'd, you'd hate the fact that we're. Uh, people aren't wearing masks. Because people that age are really at risk. But that's where my mentality went. I went, first of all, he, he had a good inning. Secondly, if you're. Yeah, just love everyone who's of a certain age because everyone's at risk, especially them. Yeah. I, no, I'd love to live that age. And if films like um, Name of the Rose, Indiana Jones, Hunt for Red October, The Rock. The Avengers. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Don't leave yeah, that Yeah, good shot. I good love that Um But obviously, most known for James Bond. I mean, it's a mad year. Whatever gets thrown in everyone's way this year, people are going to just sort of put it down to the whole chaotic nature of the year. And as always, uh, I don't think he did die of uh, COVID or a COVID-related sort of linked in with anything else. But we just, you know, Thoughts and prayers to anyone else whose family uh, may be going through it at these even more testing times, especially in the UK. I know we've got listeners from all over the world. I uh, hope you're safe wherever you are. Uh, yeah, an RIP to James Bond, Sean Connery. I jump on to you. All right. What else we talking about? So, oh, you got some. You got some deep topics here, man. French teacher decapitated. Shouldn't have been. Shouldn't have been showing pictures of the Prophet Muhammad. That is a crazy story, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is. It's, it's sad. Um, and although some might argue that no religion should be uh, exempt from ridicule and mock, you know, being mocked, you've got to know maybe <laughs> what you're dealing with there, especially in France, especially off the sort of the, the history of Charlie Hebdo, yeah, the you know, the attacks there. So mad. It, it, I, I certainly would have thought that move wasn't well advised, but regardless, the the, the penalty of that shouldn't be beheaded. Not saying that you are you are condoning that behaviour at all, Ben. But, no, no, no. Yeah, of course not. But um, 
Yeah, no, it's I've, all, all this I've seen online is the same. It's just everyone hates Muslims at the moment. <laughs> and they'll continue to until further notice. But I don't know if you guys have seen that uh, Tony Benn speech about the bombings and how he was speaking up against the war and saying when they bomb us or then they commit atrocities of us, did it not strengthen our reserves? Did it not make us like fight harder and be like, no, and did it, did it not strengthen our reserve? But when you flip it the other way around, does the bombings and the airstrikes happen in predominantly Muslim countries that the Western foreign policy has destabilised in one way or another? Yeah. Would that not strengthen their resolve? Talk about drone strikes that have taken thousands of civilian casualties. Uh, the whole thing's a mess, but mm. um, it's to, to, to kind of just blame the whole religion. It's it's silly. It's a yeah, it's man. Because no one, no one talks about Christianity when the presidents of the America of America say "God bless America" every opportunity they get, and they're proudly Christian. But then they order drone strikes on every Tom, Dick, and Harry and their family. Oh yeah, the amount of deaths. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah, even through history like imperialism and stuff like that like there's there's so many things that can happen to this I just think but they, they, it's weird it's one of those things where they never like you kind of get into certain debates they always say oh don't speak about religion or don't speak about this don't speak about that because people are very easily um, offended mm. but still there's no way that having a discussion or pouring ridicule or something should be should, should end in this way they do say never talk at dinner party or, or, or party or when you meet people, never talk about religion or politics because mm. you inevitably offend or, or upset someone. But I think you've got to have these discussions. Um, I mean, thoughts and prayers go out to the, the, the teacher and his family or the students or whoever witnessed it. Uh, but, you know, maybe like Ryan was saying, some uh, professional sort of discrepancy should have been taken. I mean, you know, it's on one hand no religion should be mocked or some people could say, well, you should mock everything, you know, no, nothing should be untouched by comedy and a critical view, but hey, just be, just be careful out there. Yeah, because you can put it out there, but you can't control the reactions of others. Mm. There we go. Yeah, you can't control someone's, yeah, response to what you do uh, to them. So that's that's sad. Um, but I think, sorry, just within that point, there's, 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 there's mocking and there's, I think there's levels to it. So if you like poke fun or, like it's part of a wider thing that you're doing and you maybe are someone who creates to poke fun at everything it's one thing but if you're consistently poking fun at one thing it's a bit more of a warranted attack if that makes sense so i think if you're someone who just like as certain comedians they'll probably make a laugh out of everything it's very different from say someone who just like would make fun about one thing yeah no mm. agreed agreed but if you see through history um like South Park, for example, pokes, you know, or people that did the Book of Mormons, they poke fun of Mormons, mm. uh, the Jewish community. Um, I'm sure like uh, Jesus and Moses and other mm. prophets and people have been laughed, you know, or within mm. religion. Um, and then, but within Islam, obviously, with, with the Prophet Muhammad off, uh, off limits. So when I've spoken to sort of my mum's my friends who are of Jewish uh sort of backgrounds or face to some degree, they're saying, you know, uh, no one should be exempt. You know, if you're making fun of one thing, you should make fun of another. Not not, not all the time, not attack it, attack it, attack it, but mm. you know what I mean? Uh, look at Salman Rushdie as well, you know, sort of writing the book and then going into hiding and a fatwa put on his head. And <laughs> so, 
it's it's sad. Uh, but yeah, just be careful. Does that, does that story scare you a bit, Ben? You being a teacher, does that kind of make you think there might be some mentally unstable students out there that could get offended by a, a let's say a healthy debate being sparked in the classroom that yeah, could that's spiral a, out of control? Yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, topic. I mean, I'm more conscious of maybe what they would say to their parents because obviously the children are a lot younger. If I was dealing mm. in secondary school or in college or uni to some degree and anything that I would so I'd, I'd be more conscious of maybe what the adults uh, response would be but then I think you, as a teacher you've always got to have uh, justifications for your actions as long as you can back up your views and why you've done something then <coughs> no, no one can't say anything um, mm. and then maybe where it's a bit closer is when it comes to sex education um, reproduction uh, the idea of um, reincarnation or through the theory of evolution obviously or the views that Jesus was a prophet rather than the son of God you know so I just say look you know this is what some people believe and then I lay what you can't give your opinion as a teacher too much I mean you can sort of mm. sprinkle in your own little flair you can't give your political opinion and stuff and then if you say look speak to your parents and then we can go from there um, but some parents don't want their kids to have sex ed. Uh, I've had Jehovah's Witness children's parents ask them to be taken out of every RE lesson, every Christmas performance, every every class assembly, every birthday. Do you know what I mean? So you'd have to mm. respect it and say, well, you know, you're not my child. I've just got to do what's best for you within the context of these four walls. Yeah, That's I hear that. So, yeah. yeah. But no, good, good, good question, Cal. Yeah, so luckily I've had no, no child run up on me years down the line. And <laughs> say, so, yo. <laughs> I don't yeah, think I bumped into that many pupils. I was hoping to bump into some pupils when they're older and they could buy me a pint, but it never really happened. It's always so weird seeing a teacher outside of the school environment. Yeah. It's like I don't realise that you're actually humans. It's like when I caught, um, I caught a teacher in the corridor just talking to another teacher and they were actually talking about the students and how much um, they really think this, this student could be great and blah, blah, blah. I think we should kind of adjust the way we teach them. And I was like, damn, teachers actually care about their students. And I actually said that out loud and they heard me and they're like, well, yeah, we're not, we're not just sitting here talking about what we're going to do after work. It depends actually, on the teacher though, wouldn't it? It depends on the teacher. But <laughs> they could have been like, blagging it and then when you left, they were like, right, so what are you saying? Public, public five o'clock, yeah? <laughs> probably, probably <laughs> both. Probably both, but I appreciate at least some of the chat. Yeah. No, I've seen, yeah, when, when kids don't, I mean, younger children obviously don't think you exist outside of the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you get older, I mean, it, Ash, what's your sort of dealings with younger so, people? Not offending or having to say anything? So I work in a school based in Whitechapel um, and it's predominantly Muslim in faith. So it's just having a certain level of understanding about certain things. Um, even what's funny as well, so we went out one day, um, went to like a burger joint after a trip and I got a burger that had pork in it. Ooh. And some of the students were like, no, that's disgusting. But then some of the other students were like, oh, what does it taste like? Because <laughs> they're so yeah, they're so they're so protected from stuff like that. Um, it was really interesting to see, and a couple of them was like, "Oh, just don't tell my parents that I, that I want to try it." I was like, "I'm not going to tell them that, but you really shouldn't." So I'd always go to like a, a, um, a halal restaurant. I'd always try to make sure I'm in a position where 
we can go somewhere that's accessible for everyone. Um, but in terms of what you spoke about, there have been some parents that have asked for like sex education not to be um, given by the school, to be removed from those classrooms. Um, and even on things like, um, so my school will close for Eid, but obviously there will be some Christian students who just be like, well, it's a day off for us. Um, culturally, it's difficult. It's, it's really difficult because when, like, when you're, when your um, student community isn't necessarily the, um, in line with what, say, the country is, so like a lot of it is Muslims and, and it's a Christian, it's a school in a Christian country, it can be really difficult and you do have to have some really difficult conversations. Sometimes I don't really understand you as well. So I've got like tattoos. So sometimes they, they look at you like, but you've got tattoos and you do this and but you say you're Christian or you're, or you're that. So... It, it, it strikes some really interesting conversations with the students as well as that with their parents. Interesting. Do you remember there was an um, uproar about the uh, the schools teaching children about uh, gender neutral mm. um, people? It wasn't. I think it's related. It's probably related to sex ed or sort of PSHE and wellbeing. But a lot of faith schools or sort of uh, parents, Muslim parents, were really upset and angry and didn't want their child to be told about this and I think I mean you know you, you have your own personal views obviously but as a professional you just have to go okay I respect that and I'm over here doing this and if you want to bring your 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 children or you want to come and talk then we can talk so you know I think it's it's about being open and and, and then helping one another but it's interesting man good good com- good topic of uh, conversation let's do we're getting quite deep on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, man. That tea. That tea. We're not. We're not sharing the tea of gossip. We're sharing the tea of righteousness. We'll get into gossip. Rubber of, of righteousness. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't do gossip. <laughs> I just actually googled that and I found out that this Ruboy thing is actually also rude boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually yeah. They spell it with two O's, so you got kind of got to say Rue. R-double-O-I. It's the Rude R-double-O-I. Um, but yeah, it's actually also known as a Redbush tea, which is obviously a very common tea. Yeah, yeah, Redbush, sorry, yeah. Caffeine-free, but it's, it's worth getting. And I know people sort of are into their teas and whatnot, and it's all about that, it's all about that. We, we was planning to have hot chocolate last night with marshmallows and do the whole carved pumpkin, because it was Halloween, we didn't even talk about it, sort of talk about religion and views and I know Halloween's a pagan festival and it's become very Americanized in the UK and in Europe where people are getting dressed up but I think it is important to at least acknowledge it to some degree for whatever reason I like to acknowledge it because it's it's my dad's birthday but also acknowledging the dead like celebrating people who have passed away so just giving them a thought not saying I'm having a Ouija board or seance or lighting up bare candles but I think it's just, you know it's it's a good time to think about it, and it's good for the kids. You see, in our area, we had loads of kids uh, not trick or treating this year because of COVID, but they were going around pump, looking at pumpkins and pumpkin hunting and getting sweets off their parents, and it's a good chance to to watch a film or whatever. So yeah, that's what we was doing. I don't know if anyone else. Yeah, no, Halloween was dope. I, I enjoy I enjoy Halloween every year. Every year I do something different. Um, normally a film screening because I've got a projector and a couple of screens, so mm-hmm. we set them up and watch a few scary films. Um, a couple of years ago was Stranger Things season two, called Stranger Wings, and everyone bought over different <laughs> variations of chicken wings. Uh, just, just ended up with like 
couple hundred chicken wings and loads of people in the room. It sounds mad now because we can't do it. But, um, yeah, no, it was a good night. Yesterday, we had a couple of trick-or-treaters, which is unexpected. Like, the door rang at, like, 8 o'clock, and it was a, a small family of three kids, um, oh, their bags. You don't expect like, that on Halloween, no? Not during a pandemic, no. I, I really didn't even <laughs> think about it. But um, luckily, I had some some orange Kit Kats. <laughs> the leftovers that no one likes. <laughs> No, 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 the, the chocolate, last, the yeah, last chocolate orange is nice though. Like, yeah. let's not knock it. Chocolate orange is nice. Yeah, but yeah, it's not up. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like up there, is it? It's not your go-to. No, no you know what? I, I would. Could they have cherry's um, chocolate orange? Yeah, they had them twelve. They done a limited edition um, twelve chocolate orange flavor. Bang. I almost gave them after eights. Oh no, that's the answer. Uh, after eights is more like for guests and stuff. That's when you're trying to be bougie or you're trying to entertain. No, no, that's for a roche. After eights for me are just like they've been in the cupboard for literally like a year. Roche is a year and a half. No, I might have to fight. We might have to fight. Let's fight. Let's go. Roche is now, Ryan. This is a guy that puts in milk first for his cereal. Yeah, so so what? <laughs> milk first, but then cereal will float. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Do you eat a layer of cereal and then put another layer? Does anything to me? Imagine a layer of cereal. Are you mad? Layer. It just floats to the top. Then you put more in. No, this is what I do, yeah? So I put as much milk as I need and then I just put a little bit of cereal on the top. So I like my cereal to be quite crunchy and I just keep topping up. Okay, I get it. You're still a psycho. Milk first is insanity. It's really yeah. not. Ferrero Rocher is up there. Ferrero Rocher is up there. Like, no, it's not. It's dead. You know what? Ferrero Rocher to me is like bringing Lambrini to a motive. Wow. Oh, ow. How could Ferrero you do Rocher that? is a classy a chocolate. What are you talking about? Is that what you're trying to do? Oh, that's a bar. It's got like the little bits of nuts in there and hey, stuff. Man, listen, don't, don't knock it. If you're at a house party and you've got the Lambrini, you can just pile it off and then you can get someone else's nicer bottle. If you want, if you're nah. on a budget, <laughs> if you want nah. a budget, I'm telling you this, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> if If I invite you, to an occasion and you bring Lambrini our friendship ends there okay, I'm definitely oh, getting you a bottle of Lambrini for Christmas like I'm going to get you like a, a magnum case of what's that, 12 bottles of Lambrini then you know what BRB when I'll be free <laughs> <laughs> oh. Cal Ryan it's been it's, it's been real you man no man I, I, I'm the guy to bring mixer I'll just bring a couple of bottles of coke no nah, but you know what no That's but hold on hold on real. hold on no 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 no, no. you know what really Ryan I respect it. it no 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 I'll tell you why mm-hmm. I respect it because some people don't drink not everyone yeah. drinks so actually I, that is more thoughtful than buying Lambrini that you know that no one's really going to drink yeah bro I respect Mixer way more you than Lambrini what? I respect for you I'm going to try milk first I've got, I've got, I've got next week off I'm going to go milk first and see what happens yeah, yeah. let's see how that turns let, out let me, let, me, let, me, let me not knock it before I try it yeah come back to me man um, back on the Halloween vibe. Um, I just wanted to say, growing up as a Christian, yeah, yeah <laughs> we were always taught that, that that was a pagan festival and it was demonic and satanic, and we weren't supposed to take part in none of that. So anytime Halloween came around, I wasn't doing no trick or treating. I wasn't getting involved in this in the celebrations or the little stupid things people did, dressing up costumes, going to parties, none of that. Um, so it's always just for me it's always just been a time where I kind of just sit back and observe and just watch people do what they do you know as someone who grew up, who grew up Jehovah Witness I can I understand that but you can supply that to everything that ever happens in the year birthdays Christmas 
Uh, I understand completely. You just kind of sit and chill and kind of ignore it. But hey, since, I had no idea you was a Jehovah Witness. I'm not. I was was raised as one. Yeah, certainly raised as one. But um, I've only really started getting into scary films since I had a girlfriend, man. I didn't watch them. I avoided them. My mum used to say, why do you want to put those images in your head? And I said, you know what? You're actually right. I used to have nightmares for years. But now it's Halloween films, but I've just changed my mentality. You do like a um, scary film, didn't you? You do like a scary program. You were talking about that on the last episode. Hill about House, yeah. Hill House and Blade I've, Manor. And... I've got something to recommend to everyone. I, uh, it just came out a couple of days ago. It's called uh, His House on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I watched it last night during uh, my annual Halloween screening. I recommend everyone watch it. It's British. It's, it's fantastic. I'm not going to say anything else. Just watch it. And the, the production value is unreal. Unreal. It's... Just to sort of, sort of uh, see where we were on Halloween last night. So my wife don't like scary things. So we ended up watching that Adam Sandler, uh, Hubie Halloween, or whatever it was. Oh, <laughs> <which> man. Is... <laughs> Do you know what? It was quite funny. And it had Ray Liotta in it, Steve Buscemi. Um, had loads of good like guest people in it. So a good family film. Bit silly, but when it comes to scary shit, she's not on it. So... Mm. But yeah, and I just and then I just watched uh, the boxing. But Ash, did you do? I didn't, didn't really ask you. Did you do Halloween? Is it is... Nah. Halloween for me? <laughs> I was thinking. So um, she's not like family, but she's like my sister. It's her birthday on Halloween, so we used to go to her house all the time. And she used to live on a walkway. And I remember one Halloween uh, when we were young, we was like we we're actually in a trick or treat. So we knocked on like lots of doors, got candy, got money, whatever. Then I went back to our parents' house, and it was like, what's that? <laughs> this is oh we were trick-or-treating this is them nah you don't do like you said pagan festivals you don't do the whole begging like it's just an, it's an absolute no um, and it's a weird one because I'm not really into it myself I've never had to be into it but when you have a child you have to be a bit more considerate and understanding of maybe things that you weren't as a parent mm. um, sorry but you weren't as a child so as a parent you kind of shift your view on certain things Again, I won't. I won't go out of my way to do stuff, but if there's an event linked to it, I'm, I don't want to. I don't want him to be the one sitting in the corner missing out as such. Yeah. So it's just it's just having the balance and knowing that there's some things he can do, but there'll be other things where I'll be like, nah, I think he's enough to give this one a miss. But would you? Um, I'd, say, I'd have you down as someone dressed like. Would you go to a fancy dress though? Ash? I'd definitely see you someone making an effort for fancy dress and like getting turned up for a party. You know what? I haven't. You know, like. I've never been to a fancy dress. I'm just what? not really. You know what I think it is? It's just like my like my folks ain't really the guys I roll with. They're not really that kind of fancy dress. I think if I did, I'd go to like I'd go as like a superhero, and then I'd get involved in it. But I've never really gone out of my way to do fancy dress. If that do makes sense. I've, yeah, listen to these fancy dresses. So when I was at college, I, went, I dressed up as I dressed up as my sister in her school uniform. <laughs> You're moving, man. <laughs> And the whole school uniform. And then ben I just wanted there. to do it anyway. You know that Ben's been doing that like every Sunday for the last four years. All of a sudden, on Halloween, he's going to make it official. No, nah, this wasn't even... Was this even Halloween? I think this was this fancy dress. And then, like... This is back in the day, Tuesday. though. <laughs> Normal day. I've dressed up as a karate kid. And my mates have dressed up as Cobra Kai. And we bought the whole outfits. And I drew the bonsai tree on the back. And I did the headband. And they got the, the cobra pattern. And they ironed it on. I've done Invisible Man... I've done um, like a doctor with loads of like blood uh, handprints on me. I've dressed up as like a butler. My mum had a fancy dress for her birthday. This is a good idea for her birthday because um, I let her 
name, uh, her name's Jenny, the first letter, J, everyone had to dress up as something beginning with J. That's sick. That's a sick idea, isn't it? So, like, say your birthday, Ash, everyone has to dress up as something as eight, like an Avenger, an athlete, astronaut, astronaut uh, Apollo Creed, uh, Assassin's Creed. Do you get me? Yeah, so, that's cold. Aubergine. There you go. <laughs> what would happen? Hey. The Aubergine meme coming out. Looks like a P&I. Fancy dress is fun, but I know you mean now it's become so commercial and like everyone's getting fully dressed up and, and yeah, but I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's a devil worshipping thing. I think it's just acknowledging the, 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 the autumn, the, har- the, the harvest, the pumpkins. Um, and then obviously, yeah, it's a chance to watch a scary film and chill in. So yeah, that was it. Halloween. You see scary films, yeah? I'm not really... I just find him dead. Like, you know, some people will be like, oh, yeah, I really want to watch a scary film. Like, um, I'm cool. Like, I like thrillers. I like those films, if I happen to watch one. But people that go out of their way to watch a scary film, I've never really understood it, if I'm honest. I watched one the other day, um, went to the cinema and saw Saint Maud, mm. uh, which is one that I'd never even heard about. It just, just happened to be on when I was there um, in Westfield. And, um, yeah, what I liked about this movie is it's one of those slow burners where you get a whole bunch of storyline and it just gets scarier and scarier as it goes along. It's not really scary all the time. And and then um, there's, like, a climax, which is really flipping scary, man. Um, So, I don't know. If you're you're into that kind of thing, Ryan, maybe you'd enjoy that. Thank you, you, bro. I've seen the trailers and I was intrigued. Okay. I'm going to give it a watch. Thank you very much. Mm. Confirmed. I think... (laughs) Ash, like scary foot, like the fear and being frightened, the, re- the chemical, the chemicals it released, the endorphins and reactions, mm. sort of people are reacting to it. And it's a genre, like the slasher, the gore. I don't really like gore. I don't really see the need for it. But you don't like the Saw movies? Uh, I like the first Saw, only because of the ending. Uh, great plot twist. I won't give it away for anyone listening who still hasn't seen it, but... Um, and ho- Hostel and things like that, it's just like, mm, it's a bit OTT. Ghost films... Um, like the Devil's Backbone, I like the Spanish ones, like the Devil's Backbone. That's a really good one. Or Japanese, I think the Japanese make some really good ghost films, like really mm-hmm. ghost stories. And then um, I like yeah, dark thrillers, like Ash was saying. So um, mix and match, really. But yeah, Happy Halloween. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, talking about films. Seeing as you talk about films, Cal, should we carry on with what else can we talk about? Did anyone see Borat? I like. Oh, it? It. Yeah. I thought it was good. I thought it was better than what I expected. A bit baiting parts, but it was funny. I was, I was surprised to see it on Amazon Prime. Like, if you've got your Amazon Prime subscription, you can just go on Amazon Prime Video and watch that for free. So they're getting some really good new movies right now. Um, but uh, to be honest with you, I didn't think it was great. Um, it was... I, I can't imagine they spent a lot putting it together. It didn't look like a big-budget production. Um, and, um, you know what it is? I just kind of think to myself, if it was about people like me, I wouldn't like it. Like there's bits where it's kind of funny, but it's bits also bits where it's kind of cringe. Um, and it's like, there's, there's all this racism and, and stereotyping and, uh, it's supposed to be a satirical take, isn't it? But some, some of the stuff I find it a little bit cringe and unfunny. And I just think, imagine if like, say like, if instead of Kazakhstan, he was talking about Ghana, like, and then going to Ghana and 
the way that they put it together, I read an article about the way they put it together. It's like he's literally gone there and he said to people, we're going to film a documentary in your country. And they've agreed to be in this factual documentary. And then it turns out it's a comedy and they're literally just taking the piss out of people from that country. So imagine he went to Ghana and said, I'm going to do a documentary. And then he started filming my people like connected to my ancestors making them look awful. I wouldn't like it if he did that you know what I mean <laughs> yeah just just on that I saw him talking the other day and um obviously Kazakhstan's a real place now in the first when the first Borat came out um people were upset I mean it's the, the person I can't remember who, who the name of the person who runs the country or at least runs the tourism can't remember their name but the first Borat came out he was pissed like this is not a bad or accurate representation of what Kazakhstan is this time round, um, he's actually backed it and said, "Yeah, thank you for yeah. bringing light to Kazakhstan." And serious? Yeah, he yeah, talk he's tourism it. in the toilet. So he's like, "Yeah, well, Kazakhstan's not actually like this." And then Seth, Seth um, what's his name? Uh, Sasha, Sasha, Bo- Sasha, Sasha Brian Cohen. Thank you. Yeah, he came out himself saying, "Yeah, Kazakhstan's actually a really modern country, and they're nothing like um, anything like like the country that we portray." And he just chose it. Because Americans have no idea about where this place is because they're so ignorant. So he satire. literally, yeah, it's, it's satire, but he's he's certainly bigged up Kazakhstan since. They never know it's a lovely place. I got to hear it, man. But like yeah. I say, there was an article I read about it, and it said there was 110,000 people that signed a, a, a petition to to get this new movie um, removed from cinemas, and it's actually banned. The first Borat film was banned in. And the majority of Arab countries and stuff like that. So, the, the, you know, there's some humour to it. There's obviously loads of people. Like, that came up when we were young. Like, we were all cracking up when the first Borat movie came out. Um, and so the new generation of, of youths now watching this Borat 2, they'll be cracking up as well. But maybe they just won't realise how offensive that this film can be to some people, man. Well, it's, you know, it's, people are sensitive now. People, are, you could argue people are too sensitive nowadays and there's a lot of snowflakes, but... I think like it, it could be seen as offensive, but like anything could be seen as offensive. I think going back to our conversation earlier and um So I mean, just... again again trying to put the shoe on the other foot, if he did this in the UK and he looked at a group of people that were like just like yourself, Ben, how how would you feel about that? I wouldn't I wouldn't I don't think I'd be offended by it because I'd know my true value and worth and it's just it's just entertainment. So I wouldn't really uh, he wasn't preaching any sort of hate or death threats or it was just, yeah. I would, I would. I, personally, I don't think I'd be too taken aback by it because what he was doing as well, which I thought he did well in the first film and with maybe Ali G. Although Ali G. is deemed as offensive because we spoke about it on the uh, the, Br- the British comedy doc with Mo Gilligan, but he was using his ignorance as a pretend Kazakhstan person to magnify and show the Amer- some American people's ignorance by their, their view. So uh, where they were agreeing with him. So I think the way he brought that to light was interesting and 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 creative, funny. But mm. if it was about people like me, it's a fictional character, so it's not like anyone. It's just a made-up person. So it's it's just comedy, in my I, view. On it, on it for me, um, I think that when it first dropped, it was very shocking because we haven't really seen anything like that before, and Americans hadn't really seen someone like that. And it was so it was after nine eleven, and they were still kind of on their little, you know, whatever they were on. But this is this is the issue you have with a sequel or with a second season. The shock is out of it. It's like Prison Break. You, they've broken out of prison now. 
Yeah. What, what, what can you show me now? Like, it became a case of, all right, so in prison, in prison break season three or four, spoilers alert, we're going to put you back into the prison setting. So, okay, um, we've, seen, we've, we've seen Borat and we've seen him in prison. We've seen, um, we've seen it before. So to do, to, the shock, the parts that were supposed to be shocking weren't really shocking to me because like, okay, it's kind of a rehash and I, I agree with Cal that it was a bit cringy. And even with the new lot, the new lot may struggle to understand it because they're so used to YouTube and it's a prank, bro. When you, like that sort of stupid shock, they, that, that sort of shock, like so the Kate Hopkins going to receive an award or, you know, just the pranks that they do on YouTube alone. Um, but this, it's a, it's a, it's a decent watch, but Cal's review for me was, um, spot on. Fair enough. Cringy at some parts. Yeah, they'll cringe when she's dancing and she's showing sort of a menstrual cycle. <laughs> I was actually cracking up. Utility <laughs> dance. Utility <laughs> dance. It was. It cleared the room. <laughs> yeah, that was mad. That was mad. Oh um, my god. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of film, like it's funny, but it's cringe and it's flipping offensive and it's, it's everything from you know what from a film critic point of view you might say there's things that he's done that's absolutely brilliant but it's offensive as fuck and i would like it if he did it to me i wouldn't i wouldn't want to be a kazakhstani person with that movie being out kazakhstan being such a small nation and not many people knowing what they're all about and then this film being like the definitive kazakhstan experience effectively damn <laughs> <laughs> See, but you know, it is funny in parts. But um, I don't talk about this. So, from Kazakhstan to Ireland, I watched this film, Calm with Horses. It was on sort of recommended with Netflix. Um, it's like an Irish crime thriller drama about this uh, sort of hired goon for this Irish mob, and he's got um, he's dealing with like helping out the mob, uh, uh, helping his son who's got learning difficulties. His missus wants him to move to Cork. Um, to sort of help provide for the child and it's just him dealing with loads of issues but I, it's quite a gritty drama I recommend it it's a good little film um, it looks like an, I think it was an independent film that Netflix have swooped up and uh, yeah really recommend that yeah Calm With Horses and um, so yeah some, some decent scenes in there then if anyone else saw it but yeah recommend that one I saw, I, saw a, I saw a poster for it it looks interesting I'm going to give that a watch in my week off yeah it's good man there's some some uh, some great acting and sort of yeah, it looked quite gritty as well. Sort of life in um, parts of Ireland wasn't wasn't too glitz and glamorous. It looked pretty sort of backwaterish, if you know what I mean. So yeah, that was that was good. That was good. Uh, anything else? Anyone watched? No, I, I barely watched anything. You know, uh, yeah, I barely watched any films after that. I, I did the Duchess. If you want to watch that with, with the other halves, I recommend. Catherine Ryan, she's very funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I watched, um, I finished watching Lovecraft County. Uh, ben, I'd like to, I'm going to speak to you off air for this. I had to, I had to tear you apart. Lovecraft, you got me onto it with that. First no, do you know episode. what? I've stopped watching it. I've, I've completely lost interest with it because it's just getting absurd. So if it's, if, it, if it's ended badly and I was bigging it up, then you have every reason to. No, uh, no, no, I'm joking. Yeah, no, I I enjoy ultimately I enjoyed it. Um I recommend everyone watch it, make your own minds up, and do the research into what the episode's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, background is. But 
yeah, I finished watching Lovecraft Country. Okay. Out of okay. ten, I'd give it a seven. Um, and I've moved on to Barry, HBO's Barry. Uh, highly recommend. Dead name for a TV show, man. Barry. I, I, I think that's the whole point. It's supposed to be unassuming. So I'll give you the brief synopsis. There's a hitman who essentially doesn't really want to do it anymore, and he takes up acting in an acting class, and it's great. It's got a lot of good reviews already on here. Is Ninety-nine on tomorrow. Rotten Tomorrow is eight point three. Ooh. Yeah, 8.3 8. 8. in IMDb. 8. They don't miss. No, they don't miss. They certainly don't. They certainly don't. Barry, Barry. Um, yeah, no, I'm definitely going to finish Lovecraft. I've had enough time on my hands, but, well, I sort of had to do a lot of house, but I'll definitely stick with that to the end. And then I recommend The Duchess, which is pretty funny, shot in North London, and it's pretty cool. And uh, Maya Jam is in it in one scene, and she does all right. <laughs> um, episodes, so I think it's quite short three or four episodes um, and then last on the list here is Hair Power I don't know if anyone watched it so to tie in with Black History Month here in the UK Channel 4 did a documentary to do with hair basically Afro hair the barbershop the salon um, mm-hmm. yeah I just caught it just on the off chance and I watched it that was pretty cool uh, so I don't know if anyone else Sorry, or I, I work in I work in the hair and beauty industry, so I'll be uh, giving that a watch, seeing what they say. I watched Good Hair ages ago with Chris Rock, Doc, so I thought I'd, I'd watch this and just bear it in mind. But yes, uh, it was, Ooh, what was that what was that Sana Lathan show where she cut her hair off? Na- is it Napoli? Hold on, is it Nappy ever after? That, that sounds that sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah, I watched that. That was interesting. But they um, were talking. Sorry, I should go on there. No, 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 no. I finished, finished. Oh, no, they're just, all of them were sharing a story of like where someone had put their hands through their hair, like a white person had put their hands through their hair and said, oh, it's so soft, or can I touch it, or just just an inquisitive but highly offensive act <laughs> of just randomly touching someone's hair just because yeah, it's... Yeah, that is wild. Uh, yeah, that is wild, man. Well, speaking about just quickly, basically, you know, because just, just come of Halloween, and you mentioned Chris Rock's film uh, "Good Hair." That's a great. One. And no, no one forget Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson will be appearing in the next Saw film, so it links into the Halloween film um, topic. Spiral. It's now been mm. pushed back to twenty twenty one. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, black horror films are making a massive um, not resurgence, but a massive, massive surge I suppose they, they, they're going up a lot, a lot more of them and this is going to be uh, another good one I reckon just building on that is um, Jordan Peele doing some sort of Candyman remake or spin-off from that my, my, I've got a younger cousin who's getting into horror now and he was telling me about Spiral and then he said something about Jordan Peele doing yep he Candyman. is he's, um, he's, he's a producer I believe I think he's a director I think he's a producer of the next Candyman film that was supposed to be released around this time but it's been pushed back to March reason being that the, 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 the people creating it want it to be in cinemas for the, the proper experience mm. uh, or just to make money so if you see for all I think that's why Borat came out one of the reasons Borat came out on Amazon because cinema's in the toilet at the moment yeah I can't imagine that film doing great in the cinema though that's more of a stream at home and, that, and this is what we were saying in previous episodes about streaming services now bypassing cinema and just just buying up the films and people just watching it at home or 
sort of on the go. Yeah, right wave, especially during a pandemic, you know, people aren't really going to the cinema, or people will be reluctant to go to the cinema. Cinema's obviously closed for a long time. With this second lockdown we've got coming up, they might be closed again. Um, I, I went to the cinema in lockdown, and like, I can tell you, it's, it's probably not the best experience. You're going to have to social distance and be seats away from people and stuff like that. Um, I'm around that, to, bro. Like, you know what's weird? I've been to the cinema when it's packed, and like, you know, you put your arm on the, on the, um, on the side bit and someone else's mm-hmm. arms there. And it's that weird thing where like, do I move their arm across? Do I only occupy my side? So um, yeah, I don't mind if the cinema's a bit space- spacious. Depends but, on the cinema you go to though, because there's some that are really spacious and comfortable. Yeah. You'll never have that kind of an issue. Um, and you obviously get, you get a great atmosphere when the cinema's packed. Like I went to watch um, a showing of Akira in 4K at the IMAX recently. Ooh. And that was absolutely amazing. Just seeing the crowd, seeing the following that that film that was released in the in the late 80s has got. Um, it, there was even a younger, much younger audience than I um, anticipated. Um, people from my generation, people from older, people from younger. It's just a great film, just appreciated by everybody. And, um, and the place was rammed. But when you were booking, you couldn't book within five or six seats together. So me and a friend of mine were going, we, I had to book one for me in like row J and then he was in row K. Was <laughs> <laughs> that the only way we could have got the seats together? Um, but then, you know, when everyone goes in the cinema, people just sit where they want. Um, so, Quick one. Do you guys like going to cinema by yourself? Yes. I've, ne- I've never been to cinema, man. Oh, oh, did you someone to hold like, your hand like in the like dark? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just got... I'm just, no, it was just... <laughs> no, no, Mr. Cereal. I know, I just... Ah, uh... uh, here we go. I'm traveling back to the same thing, killer. you know. Bro, come on, man. Get, <laughs> get me on something else. I will, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll have a thing. I've, I've traveled on my own. I've gone to the sort of pub waiting for people on my own. But um, to cinema... I've been to the cinema when it's been empty, like super empty. Like one other person with... And I, but I've gone with a friend or, or, or a girl at the time, but not uh, not cinema on my J's. I would, though. I think I would. I'd highly I'd prefer it. it. Yeah, yeah. Man. I actually think I prefer it now. Um, just going to see a film, whatever you want. Like, oh, do you see that? Oh, no, it's fine. It's okay. I'm just here to watch the film and then you go home. Mm. Some people can annoy you as well when you're watching the movie. <laughs> yes. They're always talking or they're always asking questions. Yeah, like I directed it. You know what's bad? Oh, whoa, why did that happen? I beg you, watch the film so we can work out together. That's it. So annoying. Going cinema on a date. Going cinema on a date is 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 the worst thing. First first few dates, you don't want to go cinema on the first few dates. You want to go down the line. Wait, guys, I don't know about that advice. I've been with my girlfriend almost fifteen years, and our first date was cinema. Well, it's a great. Yeah, but you you dissect film. I know what you'd be like. You'd say, "Oh, should we go for a drink?" And let's ana- let's analyze the, <laughs> the the camera and the film noir and the ambience and the score and you know <laughs> and the you, film you, noir. <laughs> <laughs> you would have patterned it right. You know everything. That would have been like a good date where you've obviously done like well because you're with her and whatnot. You've got a great relationship, but it wouldn't have just been, "Oh, this is go see this film." Because I've done I that. Think, before, I think what you do dead. after it is important so if you're just going cinema then it's like yeah like see you later <laughs> yeah, see you next week. <laughs> but if you're gonna like say go for a drink after then i, I get it um yeah I, I get it yeah i see where you're coming from ben because the cinema is it's a very 
in a way, it can be an individual experience because you're going to be watching this movie for long periods in silence. Mm. Like mm. even if you do have a you know a bit of a chat, it's only going to be every now and again. So to do that on a first date, maybe it's maybe it's not the best idea for a first date. You probably want to chat to the person to get to know them on a first date, don't you? I saw I saw on Twitter some someone said someone started a thread like what's your worst date and this girl this girl tweeted that she went on this guy with a first date halfway through the film he asked to borrow her car keys because he left something in the car like a lighter or something <gasps> he didn't come back for the whole of the film and she went on her Snapchat and found out that he picked used the car to drop off some shots and was putting it on his Snapchat the whole time <laughs> and then wow. came back and dropped the car off and the car keys and was like yeah normal like what. <laughs> That is some goonish behaviour. Can you imagine? Yeah, that's what. <laughs> um, I, I think Netflix and chill basically killed the whole cinema dating thing. Um, it's a Volvo be extinct. I don't really feel bad for cinemas, man. <clears throat> nah, I like cinemas. They, um, what's the one with the settees and that you can order wine and food? Um, every man. Every man in um, Angel. Mm. OG yeah. used to have a special one. Um, I can't remember what it was called. It was in that Bayswater. Yeah. That was similar to that. Sick. Like, reclining seat. That's about a projector. That's about a projector and download films. That's, that's, that's the hustle. Yeah. Not, not that I recommend downloading films. Anymore. I don't do that. Barbershop. The guy that used to come in. DVD. DVD. Has the car park. Yeah. Or that, I remember that Wembley Market as well. Or the porn. <laughs> I remember when I stopped watching pirate DVDs, man. Jiggy, jiggy. Um, I remember the day I stopped. My friend, I used to work with Andy. I was saying to him, yeah, I can get any film I want, blah, blah, blah. He's like, bro, you know people actually work on those films and they put all this time and effort into it. <laughs> like, you just, you just, you just basically nick it for free. I'll never pirate anything. And I really thought about it. I was like, yeah, actually right. So the day that I could afford DVDs, which was the day he told me, because I started my new job, I'd, Stop with Empire DVDs. The same for music, or did you still rinse Napster? Because think how much effort an artist's whole life work goes into a 12 track album, and then people Mm. are just ripping it off Napster and Pirate Bay. Or um, we used to have someone at college who was doing CDs, or even Wolverhampton Market used to get. um, There was, I don't know if anyone remembers, but in uh, Wolverhampton Market, there was like an indoor little. Uh, arcade bit and it had barbershops it had a barbershop and it had a, a CD shop and you had all the US um, mixtapes and albums that you wouldn't really yeah. get yeah that they was... called that bit the in shops yeah my uncle was there every week every yeah. week yeah I forged a friendship off of that that I still know now my friend had um, what did he have some like double CD Jay-Z rock thing and I was like wow I used and to then... buy Sega Master System games from one of the shops in the, in there they had these used games that were really cheap. You can get them for like two quid and stuff. Mm. Back in the day, man. Deep dive, deep dive. But yeah, no, everyone, don't stream illegally. Support. There was a film I need to buy, actually. It was about Michael Gordon, my man in his shoes. I don't know if anyone heard about that. Uh, I know it's not on the list, but I think K Knight and Loudmouth, who we've had in the podcast previously, someone they know, did a doc about uh, not necessarily Michael Jordan, but the whole thing about the Jordans and the trainers in popular culture um, in their late 80s, 90s, and they're making a resurgence now and how people have sort of been killed or robbed for their trainers and the amount of money it's generated and how corporate he was and not really showing his political alliance with anyone. And 
So it's worth a watch if you're if you're a sneakerhead, trainerhead, um, and you like Jordans. Personally, I like them, but I've never worn them. Um, but yeah, one man in his shoes. Yo, um, while we're still talking about movies, I got a quick update for you guys. So when we had that little debate about James Bond, I took it to Twitter. I did a poll, and so far, we've got seventy votes on who is the best James Bond, right? A couple comments on that. Right, well, how do you guys think this has gone? Who do you think is looking like the clear favourite? best James Bond? Pierce Brosnan. I reckon that recency bias, so maybe Craig. Um, uh, Connery, because of his death, and also oh, Roger Moore, probably more. Okay, okay. I, I can tell you straight away... I can tell you straight away I might have fucked up the poll because somebody commented. <laughs> somebody commented. Ben put Idris Elba. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, yeah, Mike Myers, <laughs> Eggsy. <laughs> um, no, um, I fucked up because I forgot Timothy Dalton and someone had to comment and say, Timothy Dalton, the underrated James Bond. I was like, geez, 100%. what did he get? 100%. One movie? Yeah, it was good though. No, two. Yeah. Um, what's the name in it? Uh, the one in Paris, um, View to a Kill. License to Kill. License to Kill, sorry. Because it had, to, what's her name in it? Uh, the singer, Grace Jones, didn't it? Oh, I don't recall, to be honest with you, mate. But, had, uh, anyway, yeah, it's proper 80s. It, so. There's four James Bonds in there Daniel Craig, Pierce Brosnan, Sean Connery, Roger Moore, and Sean Connery is in the lead with 51% of the 70 votes. And then it's Daniel Craig on 20%. Neck and neck with Pierce Brosnan on twenty percent, and then you have got Roger Moore on nine percent. So maybe it maybe it just tells you that our audience is quite a young audience. Maybe they they don't really relate to Roger Moore because he was like he was a big James Bond man. A lot of people really liked him back in the day. He was seventy years old. He was too old to be playing James Bond, and he was really slow. If you if you go back and watch Roger Moore's um, James Bond film, <coughs> even um, Sean Connery was it? Was it Sean Connery? Watch mm. for Sean Connery's Bonds. Dead. They're not actually the best, bruv. It's, it's like carry on Bond. That's harsh. That's harsh. That's harsh. That's, that's, that's pretty much what it is, though. I see what you're saying. Carry on Bond, you know. Shout out to Benny Hill. Shout out to, shout out to everyone uh, old enough to know about carry on films. Oh, man. I'll, I grew up on carry on films. Bloody hell. Trust me. Classic British, cute. Classic, sexist, misogynistic, bit rude. That is proper British comedy. And who else, knows, who else knows about the Confessions of films? Confessions of a Window Cleaner. Confessions of... Oh, my Ch- God. That, it's like soft... Not even soft core, <laughs> but like 70s, yeah. 80s, like uh, innuendo. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. There's another one as well. <laughs> Confessions of a Window Cleaner. Bloody hell. <laughs> I swear there's a channel. I swear there's a channel now on, on um, Sky or, or Cable or whatever that's completely... Are dedicated to sort of old pe- old men of like the that era 60s 70s 80s is it Dave or not even Dave is another GCM. channel <laughs> what is it TCM's why then TCM <laughs> nothing but play old films TCM yeah you get an old school movie and then you get all them you get like Buck Rogers you... mm. oh mate yes and shout out to the gang who know about Channel 5 on a Friday Saturday about 10.55 10.45 at night Red, Red Shoe Diaries and all that. Red Shoe Diaries, David Duchovny. Oh, wow. 
Fam, I've got one even a deeper dive, yeah? When Sky Movies and Sky Gold and Sky... You know when Sky had, like, not first... Yeah, first, first combat, so say, like, mid-90s, they had softcore pornos on at, like, 2.55am or 10 past 3, and it was... It had a whole film with about five or six softcore scenes in it. Yep. Mad. Good times. Yeah, great times. (laughs) Starting the 10 previews. Alright, what we can, what's next? That's, that's green. What are we saying? Uh, previews. Turning off the cable box. That's what a lot of men then used to do. That had cable. That had, when the when the preview was on, I had Sky. I didn't have the box. But um, when when the preview was on at a certain time, they they turn off the power and turn it back on, and it gave them free like adult smut throughout the night. Yeah, bruv? Okay, I thought I was the one knew that hack. Bruv, come on, this is like. I had I had German TV on Sky because I had Sky, so you pick up like German TV, French TV. So I had RTL, RTL's by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like some German, and then you get you get a bit of Greece, not really, but, but listen, at that age, Greece, Greece. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else is popping, man? This has been a fun episode. You know that I'm feeling the energy. What's the time, Kat? How are we doing? Um, yeah, we are right. We've been going for. A little while now, um, but there's still lots more in store. I don't know how you guys are doing for time. Anyone got a go? Nah, I'm good. I know. I need a football, but I don't know if I, like I said, I don't know if I want to watch. Oh, Newcastle won it up. Potential massacre bang, bang. today. Potential massacre. Oh, Halloween. Because well, Arsenal are playing Man United. We've got an absolutely terrible record of going to Old Trafford. And on top of that, Man United slapped Red Bull Leipzig 4-0 in the week. Yeah. So it's not looking good. And, and Arsenal are struggling. Arsenal lost the last game to Leicester 1-0. And the only thing not I looking like it. scoring goals. So well, let's, let's just hope Jesse Lingard doesn't really rock. He won't even get on the pitch. Is the it? one thing I know is going to happen <laughs> is Rashford is going to score after my slander loss in the last few weeks. Rashford to score. But he can do no wrong at the moment. He can, he can in my eyes. <laughs> no, it's, like, it's like a spirit bomb. He's like all the all the the children with full bellies, with their hands. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're giving him strength in the changing no, hands in the air. Just to clarify, he's an exceptional player. He's just not as I just don't rate him as highly as some other members of this podcast. Uh-huh. Don't but worry, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna see sending you direct messages when the young goat gets a hat trick in Europe. And what was crazy up, is like I literally because when you messaged me, Ben. <laughs> like, so just to let everyone know, um, I spoke. Oh, kind of to, all I said is he's not as good as some of the players who we spoke about. Fine, and you know what? I took it to a couple of my groups, and a lot of people agreed with me. Actually, just to let you guys know. Um, so when he scored that, came on and scored a hat trick. All of a sudden, <laughs> a few people decided to message me. <laughs> Uh, Ash, you good? Like, oh. I, mean, I, I yeah. said you bear messages on different formats, innit? I said, I said, you added me, put it on my story, you messaged me, you WhatsApp me, there was a carrier pigeon, like you did it all. Like, are, are you yeah. starting to believe the Rashford hype now? No. No? <laughs> okay. okay, stick it to your guns. I like that. No, I like this that. is my thing. He's a very good football player, but just because you scored a hatchet this week, it doesn't mean I'm going to think that you, you are now of the elite players in the world. No, he's up. No, he's getting it. He's getting it. I know, I know. Okay. But what, what, I said we'll it a long this. time ago. He's starting to look like the original number 14, Thierry Henry himself. Oh, what? I didn't say that. I didn't say that much. What? I said it. I said it. 
He's starting to look like Henry himself. The way he's coming in off the left, beating players, setting up chances for other scoring goals. He's looking absolutely amazing. He's in great are form, you, man. Are you saying Henry or hungry? Because I know he's helped a lot of <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, we're going to call him Thierry Hungry, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Uncle Thierry, if you need a meal. But I know this is, um, this is more play on podcast talk, but let's, 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 jump into, let's jump into music. Who wants to jump on this DWE? I've seen the poster. I'm not really too bothered about a DWE album, if I'm honest, but is it any good, anyone? You know, it's mad. I haven't listened, and I'm a massive double fan. I haven't <laughs> even listened to it. I've been so busy. I'm going to take some music this week, but um, I haven't really even heard much about it. Yeah, I've I've um, I've got people who are very close to DWE, and they're very excited about this project. Even I was speaking to him about a few, a few bits of music I, I produced and what might potentially be going on this album, and I was like, "Yeah, sick, 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 sick." And what's come out of it is this is like a, a, this is a long time in the making. And I think his last album came out in 2017-18, so it's been cooking for a minute. And then when I heard the first three tracks, which as far as I got, I was like, no, nah, this ain't for me. This ain't for me. I, I'm not in the right headspace to listen to it. Obviously, I've been saying this all day, but I've got a week off and I'm going to spend this week getting things done and listening to music. I'm going to revisit it, but I'm three tracks in and I've not really been blown away by what's been in there. And I've listened, I've got um, friends who do another podcast, Airs to the Road, who's a grand podcast, and they've been debating bloody the Grime albums that have been released, uh, the DW, the, the Don album, and Dizzy Rascal, E3AF, and, yeah, they, they say after one listen, they're, they're not really looking to revisit it. It just seems to be very, a lot of humour, and a lot of kind of silly tracks, and it just doesn't really hit them the way the first album did, because the first DW album was, was arguably stacked. And he's not the best lyricist ever, that's that's easy. It's not it's not gonna get you're not gonna get the same level of lyricism as you would if you listen to a Getz album, but this was just a bit lower than what everyone expected. The lead the lead singles that are coming out of it, they're not as great as everyone kind of expected. Um considering his first album we had shenanigans and you had uh a whole bag of tunes from the first one. Um Dem Mandare. This 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 just doesn't hit the same and it's kind of a curse of of uh, your success. Same way we're talking about Bora, and it's like, hey, we're not shocked when we come. We kind of you've set the bar now. So it's like this is like this is like the second season of Prison Break, where it slightly dips, and they always say that second album is very difficult. And yeah, shout out to D Double, but yeah, fully. so far I've um, what a book, book. I've heard I've heard very 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 mixed reviews. Sophomore, sophomore slump. Carry it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I've been banging it, man. Really, I think Double or Nothing is hard. Like, D-Double's new album is just... That's all I've got to say. It's just hard. There are bangs on there that I think are going to last the test of time. Like, um, there, was, there was one of these football shows I was watching, I forget which one, where, you know, like, they're interviewing a footballer and then they've, they've kind of cut to a trendy little soundtrack. It's probably BT Sports. You know what they're like? They're always kind mm. of like on point with their uh the media and um yeah and it had one of the d double tracks on it it was that man can't tell me a take man can't tell it was just mm. and so it just kind of let me know that it's not just going to be 
the aficionados and the people who are like grand connoisseurs that are into this album this has potential to go mainstream and be you know like a, a backing track for a professional sports interview you know um it mm. might be something that could be on a on a video game soundtrack like fifa or you know it's got potential to be he's got potential to be corporate rap like we've seen with his ikea collaboration um he's that guy and the album it bangs, man. Like I wish I, oh, really? I did my homework and, and I could tell you about all the credits and everything. I'm sure Ben will know more about who the producers are and, and everything. But um, I like it, man. He's got storytelling. He's got. We, we know he can rap. Like we know he's got skills. We know he's got flow. We know he's got that unique style and that voice, that that vocal tone that just sounds like nobody else. And that's why we love him. And he's got swag. Like he's got all types of sauce. And and that's why he's dope, man. And. Uh, yeah, for me, I, I, there's not. I've got nothing wrong. I can't think of any kind of fault. I play every track. Don't skip nothing. I think it bangs. Interesting. I'm just looking at the credits now. So I mean, it's stacked with guest appearances, gigs, Kano, uh, which you'd expect, Miss Banks, which is an interesting one, Scraps, which is another interesting one, Triggs uh, and JME on there. So it looks like it's got all the ing- and there's a, a few solo joints. So it's got all the ingredients you'd think for a solid album. Um, I haven't listened to it sort of it doesn't sort of jump out as someone I'd immediately go towards within the gram scene like I'd much rather watch and hear him do a live set a radio set or like a boiler room set or a feature um, where it's only like a 16 uh, and then move on if, if if that makes sense rather than a whole album um, I'll take it in um, are you saying he's a bit like Nate Dog like, like you like him on the features but you don't really you know, no, no, I wouldn't say that. No, that's someone completely different. Um, I just say, like, I mean, always growing up, I always preferred, like, I, I liked him and was aware, but I always liked Footsie, and I get laughed at for some reason for liking Footsie's bars uh, more. And then I think over time, Double has elevated to become like the MC's MC, like the stage show Don of like all he has to do is just say, ooh, or but the but but, and it's. <laughs> And then his fucking curtains, and then and then he's still like, if you watch, and then he, his bars that he said during Nasty Crew era and early Noom Generals, those bars get a bigger reaction than yeah. anything now uh, because it's caught in that whole Grime Originals time capsule of when you know all the classic bars that we know. I mean, I'm not gonna go through now, but that when you hear that in a rave or with the right connection of a mix, then it's. You know, God bless anyone who gets on on the mic after him. It's just it's just wheel up central. So I can see double doing really well in the touring circuit of festivals yeah. and performances. And when it comes to like shelling and just doing his thing, sick. Um, I think I heard one sort of tune where he was trying to do this whole like bashment flow, and I just thought, oh no, it's just I, I think it wasn't for me, and I just didn't get it. So um, I'll move on with regard to that. I did like talking to Graham. I did like the Frisco album. Um, you know what you're getting with Frisco and the familiar stranger. Yeah. Just going up through the back to the lab projects. Uh, so I think Frisco and double are two artists that are similar in that they won't ever really change up too much because they're very skippy. They're very similar. They'll be the same on everything. They won't get too much, uh, different flow deliveries, maybe a bit of singing from, from Frisco, but this album was, was, was solid. And I know that, uh, with the production wise definitely sounds really full and professional and there was Splurge Boys who I'm a big fan of um, 
And also he put out a uh, like Guess Who board game, didn't he? A familiar stranger, Grime Guess Who board game, which is pretty cool marketing. So I like that. And Frisco, when he gets when he gets in that skippy bag, he's he's up there, man. He's up there. So I really like the familiar stranger. Anyone else get a chance to listen to that? No, not yet. No. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I I really like this album, man. I think Frisco is is is. I I thought his last album was pretty dope as well, man. And I think he's uh, the System Killer in 2016. Mm. Um. Oh, actually, my bad. He's actually got. He actually did um something in 2018 as well, Back to the Lab. But I didn't peep that one. The last one I heard was System Killer, and I think this is this is just a solid man. Um, he's kind of got that that hardcore. Um, roll deep boy better know era type of sound you know um, but he's also mixed it up with a little bit of trap and uh, quite it's quite modern uh, although he's still he still kind of gives you that throwback to an older era kind of vibe but he mixes it up a bit and, and he throws in a little bit of bashy bashy flows on this album here I know you kind of just had a critique about bashy bashy type of flows with the double uh ben but me personally i quite like it when someone switches it up and they do something a bit different like that. yeah um i can see straight away the opening track is called fuggish ruggish uh just looking at the credits here it's produced by splurge boys which you were saying you was a fan of um so maybe that's a bit of continuity uh for the frisco sound there um, he's got some nice collabs on here as well, man. Um, you know, DWE gets or on a track called Colors. I quite like that one as well. That's another one produced by the Splurge Boys. He's got um, a track with Jammer, JME, and Skepta. Uh, proper posse cuts, you know. Um, and um, he's got Sprague Benz on there. That's the tune where he does his little Bashment kind of flow. Yeah. I don't mind Bashment. Yeah, I don't, obviously I like, like Bashment to an extent. And I like an artist flips it up. I just don't think it worked with the, the double thing. Like, I think mm-hmm. when... And some people do it better than others. I think Steph London does it okay. Um, I mean, people, people, people dip into their bag. Then yeah, fair play to them. They got no, it. When you it. said Steph London, I thought that was Steph London with the feature on D Double's album. That tune, Bedroom Bully, Bedroom Bully came for Bully them, and uh, the verse was hard. I actually thought it was Steph, but yeah, it turns out it was Miss Banks. Still. Big tune though, um, but yeah, both of these albums I think they go hand in hand. I think if you like uh, DWE, you're gonna like Frisco and vice versa too. Um, someone with lyrics, lyrics for lyrics, come arguably an eight. You know, one of the best lyricists, Black Thought. Cow, I know you did a a listening thing of this. Um, I haven't had a chance to check Black Thought out, but Black Thought's one of them guys. You just you got to be fully, fully um, immersed in what he's saying because the guy's got in pages and pages of rhymes he's up there he's up there with the the aliens you know the mcs that can just rhyme forever and just ridiculous so what's his project saying yeah he's an adult freestyle artist maybe one of the illest that has ever been of just putting words together and rhyming them off the top of the head and then making it all coherent and all makes sense um and it's all entertaining um and intelligently done like not just gibberish um and well, tight just... as well. The flow so tight, you wouldn't, you would have thought he'd written it. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's again one of these people that's from another era. But he's not trying to do anything different. He's not trying to be like one of these new age artists. He's not messing with no auto tune. He's not messing with no trap. He's just doing what he's always done. Um, and fair play to him, man. In this day and age, I think it's important for some people to preserve culture and not just try and chase 
trends and try and keep up with whatever the latest thing is. Um, and he's definitely one of those. You know, I think he's he's all right for money now, man, because you know he's, he was famous for being with the Roots band, and then um, then they got signed by Rock Nation by Jay Z, and then they went bang, they blew up. And next thing you know, they were, they were being like a house band on TV shows. I think it's one of those like Conan O'Brien or someone like that, where they're, they're like a house band on his TV show. Yeah, so, Jimmy um, Kimmel or something like that. He's on a... Someone like that, yeah. yeah. Jimmy Kimmel Live, it might be actually. I think he might be right with that one. Um, and so, yeah, so Blackfoot is the front man of, of that band. And he doesn't really do that much solo material. So it's always nice when he puts something out because it's like, it's rare to get something from him special. And... This is something that Ryan would probably have a go at us about, about being old school, stuck we in boomers. the 90s type of cats. We're not boomers, though, man. We're, we're millennials. You're hip-hop boomers. But no, no, no. I, I like Black Fort, man. Uh, I, like, I, love, I like the roots. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, I've had a listening session where I banged out pretty much uh, all of these projects uh, that we've talked about so far in one sitting. And uh, with this one, um, unfortunately, I didn't, want to play it again i think i played it twice t- tell her i played it twice and then i moved on to the next project and i didn't really want to come back to it um which says something but uh it's it's definitely hard um there's a track on there with killer mike push T, and swiss beats that's a hell of a lineup there um and it is uh called good morning that's a great posse cut um, there's loads of like really like he's one of these artists that like Ben said already that you kind of need to to sit back and just listen to the lyrics because if you've got the time to sit down and really like have a cup of tea, spark a zoo, you know, pour pour a little glass of, of whiskey over the rocks or something, you know, and just take this in, this is one of those that you're gonna really love what he's done with with his his wit and his intellect. Um, and um, yeah, there's a feature from the the last artful Dodger in there. Which is interesting. Oh, she's dope. She's dope. She's dope. Um, and um, Schoolboy Q, you know, I never That's thought sick. I'd see uh, Black Thought working with Q. I just kind of thought they were a bit apples and oranges, but it works, man. It works. They go in, you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, this is hip hop, man. This is real hip hop shit. So if you liked that, that last last time we was at, we talked about Stove God Cooks and, and and that type of a sound where you've got like underground rappers, uh, and that was like a street New York kind of sound. Black Fork kind of does a bit of a street sound. I, I forget where he's from, Chicago or something like that. Uh, Philadelphia, I think. Philly, that's it, man. It's like a street. The roots are from Philly, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Shout out to Black Fruit, man. I think it's dope still. Mm-hmm. We talk about this Buster Rhymes album. Yes, I'm kicking this off. I haven't listened to it yet. I'll be honest with you guys. The reason I haven't listened to it is because I'm waiting for a day where I know I'm going to be by myself. So, the first Extinction Level event album, that changed the way I viewed hip-hop. Because before that, it was all about jungle, garage, all that house stuff, whatever. Because that's what predominantly played in my house. Extinction Level Event changed me into a hip-hop head. That's the album that changed me. It was, it was I borrowed it from my cousin Capo. Shout out Capo and Diamond Click. Um, Lord of the Mics with them, man. And yeah, it's, it's, it, it's held in very, very high regard, the first album. And there's a lot of people that slap number two on the album title, I know people like calling for Confessions 2 or from Usher or who, who else released a sequel? Probably last year or earlier this year. It was like something 2. Um, 
I can't remember. But it is but putting a uh, putting a number in it like a two, like it's gonna be the sequel to an mm. album, is yeah. a big risk. Mm. Because you have to hit those heights. When the Matrix Two didn't hit like Matrix One did, it was an issue. So and again, it's the prison break thing all over again. It's you you, you put that pressure on yourself. So I really hope he delivers, man. And Cal, I know you listened to it during your listening session. Uh, I'm going to go to the toilet while you talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly on that though, the second thing, so into that game bum documentary too. Um, so that's an example. And that mm. was nowhere near as good as the, what the documentary one was. Still a good album. But yeah, like you said, um, any sequels are, are a bit mad. Yeah. On um, extension level event, like I, I've recently been going through like lots of old albums and I went through that album and I was like, yo, Buster. <laughs> I've, I've always loved Buster, but when you start going through some stuff and you listen to it with like 35 year old ears, the fact that it still slaps today means a lot. So I'm very much looking forward to listening to this album. Um, but yeah, it's, I've heard some amazing things. I've heard the Kendrick Lamar song and the, and the, the Rick Ross song slaps. So they're the two songs I've heard from it, but yeah, so far so good for me. Well, Cal, your review. Um, well, yeah, Ryan, you can go to the toilet now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to try and, and do the no spoilers territory here, um, but unfortunately, like these men have just said, the sequel is never as good as the original. It's just the way it goes, man. It's just hard. It's just like when Nas did Stillmatic 2, did you really think it was ever going to be Illmatic again? Like, how, how can you tap into that? Whatever it was, I think Ben said earlier on the call that an artist would spend their whole life, put their whole life into like an album. So generally when someone makes their first album or their first great album, it's like drawing from all of their experiences of all of their life up until that point. And that's why it's so great. So, you know, years down the road, your life experience is totally different. You're probably living a life of a lot more comfort and a lot more ease. And you're not talking from the same place. You're a completely different person. You've grown, you've changed. Um, although Buster does kind of tap into that. I was surprised to hear how hungry he was. Didn't expect him to be this hungry. Um, he definitely tapped back into that kind of 90s kind of I'm just a guy on the street trying to make it type of hunger um, and uh, you know if you see his pictures now you know like you know he's, he's getting big he's eating well you know he's a, he's a big man he's, he's, he's lived a good life and, and he's chilling you know um, so to see him go back and challenge himself I'm just proud of him for doing it man I think it's, it's, a, it's a good listen although he made that fatal mistake that we talk about Ben you know, when we say uh, uh, if you're going to try and make a classic album, it can't be too long or it can't be too short. It's got to oh, be yeah. just right. 22 and, songs. Yeah, 22 tracks. It, there was always going to be some filler or some fodder in there. I think it's one of those albums where, you know, like you kind of make your own little playlist out of the album yeah. and your own little personal. I, I don't know how you guys used to do it, but when I used to get an album, sometimes I would like dub it onto a cassette and only dub my favorite tracks onto the cassette. And then I'd have the Walkman and I'll just walk walk around with the Walkman with all my favourite tracks on it with my own custom-made uh, playlist. So sometimes I'll make an EP out of an album. And I think if you make an LP, because there's 22 tracks, man, if you cut 10 of these tracks out and just have the best 10, then it would probably be like a classic album. There's some really, really great songs on here. 
the intro's got Chris Rock and Rakim on it. The intro is bananas. Um, you know, he's got familiar production from Knots on there. He's got MLP on there, produced by Rock Wilder. He used to work with um, Method Man and Redman. Um, like, Old Day Bastard is on there. Um, Q-Tip is on there. You know, Rick Ross is on there. track with Rick Ross is dope as well. Produced by DJ Hightech, that one, from um, Talib, Mostaf and Talib Kweli fame and uh, Reflection Turtle. Um, Anderson Pack is on there. You know, um, the track with Rhapsody is really dope. A Ninth Wonder production. Like, Ninth, Ninth really put his foot into that one. It's like, it's so soulful and rhythmic. Like, it, it might just be the most, um, you know, soulful, melodic production on there. It's really dope, man. If you like Ninth Wonder or if you like Rhapsody, you're going to love that tune. Um, he's even got Mariah Carey on there. You know, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. I don't really like the Mary J. Blige track myself, personally. Um, I think there's a couple of tracks on there where they've kind of reworked some old classics and try to put the vocals on it to 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 give new life, new leaves to lease blah, 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 to give a new lease to some old classic. And and I think the way they reworked it, maybe it didn't quite work for me. Um, but you know, just all in all, man, good solid production, very creative with the way he puts it together. When you hear the intro and then you hear the little skits and um, you know, he's had that theme of of an extinction level event coming the end of the world and there's only five years left and all this kind of like he, he brings it all back and he gives you like a cinematic listening experience. Bit long in the tooth, but still dope. Go check that out, man. Go check that out. Buster Rounds Extinction Level Event 2, The Wrath of God. A great time. Definitely one in the rotation this week. Um I'm going to move on. Uh, I listened to this chip. I have listened to some of the Buster thing, but you got you you lot all went in, so I'm I'm a bit busted out. So I'm going to go. Uh, this chip, the latest chip record, is it Fire or Fames featuring Jamie and Dizzy? Um, wow. Fire, yeah. The video was fire. Chip's verse was absolutely ridiculous, and I could have done without Jamie and Dizzy's verse on the tune, especially Dizzy's oh. verse. Uh, no, J- I agree. <laughs> Jamie, so Jamie, I'm a fan of. Obviously, he's got better, miles better over the years. Um, and, you know, where he's established himself in different lanes. Uh, I, I really like, like, enjoy listening to him now. Where in the past, it was just like a bit basic, but hey ho. Um, but his verse was a bit all over the place. Dizzy's verse was just like, you're just trying to keep up, or it, it just didn't work out. But she's out of breath. <laughs> fam? <laughs> I, I, at one point, yes. Yeah, so right, when I heard the, when I heard the chip verse and sort of the second half of the verse where he started upping it a bit, because the first half of the verse he starts putting the word uh, fire in every line. Mm. Okay, I see what you've done there, and it's and it, it was a small little sample um, to sort of flip. Thought, right, that's fair enough. But then when he started going in and going in at Stormzy again, probably um, I thought, yeah, this is like Skippy, this is up there. And then I saw Dizzy on the lineup, and I thought, right, I'm I'm for the old school Dizzy Sidewinder, like hitting with the G code energy, lyrical tank, lyrical. I was waiting for that skippiness, but it didn't come. And the Jamie verse was, you know, the high you can and all that was like, what is isn't it? Not, not really stand out. <laughs> it, I'm not, it sounds harsh, but it was, didn't really. The beat was too up tempo for them two at the end. <laughs> too many cooks, too many cooks, too many cooks. 
Uh, 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 two big names as well. You just have one or the other to help push it and maybe use another verse from one of them on a different record. Do you know what I mean? It was my... But, uh, that's, 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 a, that's a good summary. I felt, I felt the same way. Not, I was... Obviously, Chip does Chip, which is always good. Um, Jamie is the best Jamie verse I've heard in a while because his whole basic style for me doesn't hit. And Dizzy Rascal is... Boy... He's like Neo before he had the Matrix. Just wasn't hitting. I mean, that's, no, I mean I, that JME thing, I mean, going back, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think some of his, his verses can hit for what he does, um, for his own thing. So, but in this case, no, it didn't quite, didn't quite work out. But hey-ho, I ain't mad, you know. Could be worse, but Chip just going at it. Just, and no, no, still no reply. I think that thing Storms is obviously, I'll think, oh, forget this, it's sort of, lose-lose situation 100% so, um, so yeah that was interesting uh, maybe ending it all up talking about battling and clashing we got T.I. versus Jeezy on the verses now Buster went live with Fat Joe uh, talking that T.I. didn't want any smoke and started going all like sound clashes in it so going all like calling out T.I. but obviously T.I. can't hang with Buster T.I. Jeezy does anyone care about this other than um, outside of Atlanta. I don't I do. No, Banash. I do. I think it's a good I think it's a good battle. I think we've seen a couple of battles recently that just haven't really like piqued the interest. So like the last rap battle was um, Rick Ross against Two Chains, which to me is just absolutely ridiculous. Like it was a poor battle. Mm-hmm. Um and this is kind of about the same kind of weighting as Fab and Jada. I think they're both good artists in their own right. They've got very good catalogues. I think T.I.'s probably got the bigger commercial records as such. Um, but if you look through Jeezy's um, catalogue, that first album, Fab Motivation 101, is a certified classic. Like, it's, it's very, very good. And again, like I said, I've spoken about this, this, this kind of challenge I'm doing, going through old albums. I went through, I've been through T.I. and Jeezy's albums in like the last month. There's some good albums. T.I.'s a bit... I don't know, T.I.'s albums are weird because when I first heard them, I was like, yeah, I think this, like, he's, I used to really like T.I. Now I'm a bit older, they haven't lasted as long. But going back to Jeezy's stuff, I really enjoyed it again. So I'm very much looking forward to this. I, I'm not going to stay up for it because I, I can't do that. But I'm very much looking forward to the, the recording um, in the following morning. Mm. Um, just going back to that, I thought the, I thought the Two Chains and Rick Ross thing made sense to some degree. I'm a big fan of both. And yeah, I think, I think that made sense. Um, Catalogs, I mean, it, did, th- it didn't make sense because like, no, for instance, no. like, Rush has got 10 albums yeah. like, and of, of a very high standard. Again, going back through his stuff, some of his old albums are, whew, Yeah, I was a, I I'm a little whole, bit harsh on Ross, to be fair. <laughs> I did what you did. You know, since you said about you did the whole, you're doing the album challenge of going through an artist's yeah. discography. So I, copied the the list that you sent me and I did that with like I did it with Ross, Wayne, Outcast and some other people. But um I just think more for, more for the fly like sort of baller two chain stuff. But um going back to this TIGZ thing, um yeah, I mean I could I could leave it back in the mid two thousands with double five XL white t shirts and and, ba- <laughs> and, and babes and babysters. Baby fat. Baby fat. No babes, isn't it? Like the fake Air Force Ones that were big, like with the they look like Air Force Ones but they had a star in them, the the Japanese babes. Yeah, that's all oh, 
leave yeah I, I, I was more into raucous and so much material yeah. <laughs> so much material people it's were wearing strippers. yeah all them colours and the fitted that's all a bit mad so uh, yeah I'll, I'll leave this one on that note yeah just on that I think that um, Chai was right to say no to Buster Rhymes and the reason he gave for it was like he's been in the game too long he knows that he can't match Buster Rhymes mm. he knows it and I think for him to say no was the smartest thing you could have done. And actually saying no publicly, no, he's got too he's got too much on me. I think that was also great. Um mm. and I, I I find it hard to enjoy a versus because Americans don't understand that clashing culture. It's not something they've ever done. They understand a cappella in a room, toe to toe, spitting bars and they don't really know the kind of I'll play a tune, you play a tune. Mm. Um it's just not a part of the of the, of the culture. Tactical, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what... Enoch Man and Killer kind of set the standard in that, didn't they? Bro, they raised the bar so high. Into, not even just in terms of in terms of their track selection, but in terms of their audio quality, that it's not been topped. And this is like... And not not disrespect Jamaica, but this is Jamaica. You kind of expect America to be... To top them in terms of sound quality, but it hasn't even come close. That was the perfect clash. And Apart from the Brandy and Monaco one. Nah, sound, that was dead. Amazing. The sound quality. I'm oh, the sound quality. Sorry, mm. sorry, sorry. But wasn't, wasn't the beat, wasn't, wasn't the um, Beanie Man one, wasn't the first time they were face to face as well? Wasn't everyone before that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah everyone before that was in two different But that, that was a proper, like, that was a proper clash because they even went on the mic and started Speaking chatting. Bars, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, that same rhythm, different bars. Like, that's a proper clash. That's special. That's, that's special. That's dancing. Yeah, that one was hard. That, that, I think that's the one that sticks in your mind, didn't it? Mm. But for me, I like... Um, not, uh, Nelly versus Ludacris was funny, simply because... <laughs> Ludacris, <laughs> Nelly was whack, and Ludacris knows all of his bangers. So it was just Ludacris playing absolute bangers, yeah. and Nelly struggling to keep up. And it was funny, but I, I won't be satisfied... Until I see Missy Missy Elliott versus Buster Rhymes, hundred, a hundred percent. Oh wait, Missy would nah, Missy man, she get that she wouldn't she wouldn't. I'm surprised you said that to be honest. I don't ben, think she'd last. No, no trust I, me. I, I have created tracks. a playlist. I have created a playlist <laughs> on Spotify for everyone who would disrespect Missy Elliott and who would underestimate her. She yeah, has I'm not beats. disrespecting her, but she can't. She can't hold it. No way. Not even nah, like. She can you? Know, listen, no Ben. No ben, trust way. me. Listen, no, Ben. Ben, not not no. lyrically. No, hold on, not lyrically, but if you're talking about like 20, 20 wicked songs with Fine. features, like, mm. trust me, Missy has got 20 tunes. Facts. I'm, I'm going to ring off a few. Sock it to me. She's a bitch. The rain. Beat me 911. Beat biters. All in my grill. Hot boys. Uh, get your freak on. Lick shots. One minute, man. Wake She's up. A bitch. Send me Bro. the playlist. Send me the, send me the link. Now, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of like Super Duper Fly, one of my favorite albums, obviously. But send me the link. But are you talking Buster? No way, man. No, no but this way. is what you got to realize, though. Like this is what people forget. It's twenty songs. So mm. we're not saying that like this is a better artist. This is why I'm saying that like, when you think about twenty songs, it's your twenty best songs that you could probably put out. Now, again, speaking on like Ryan's point, if you're looking at it from say like. Again, and even this Twitter generation as well, like the whole idea of ah, what songs like where does a song take you back to, or what memory does it elicit, means that some of Missy's songs, the kind of female empowerment vibe, like Missy Missy crosses over so many boxes. And then when you think about like the performance, how creative stuff was, like Miss Missy's Missy's songs slap, and there's a huge message behind it. Buster, sometimes I feel like he just spits because he can. 
Like, I, 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 like, what's the point? What's the purpose of this? Do you see what I'm saying? But like with Missy, like, there's, there's, it's crafted. She's got twenty. She's got twenty slappers, and it would be a very good clash. Very good clash. Yeah, the, the playlist is now in the group, gents. So uh, when you have a moment, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm not gonna lie. Have I? Might as well share that with the listeners as well. We can put that one out on um, uh, what do you call it? Social media. Alright. That's it. Yeah, right. How are we doing? I need to go to the toilet and I'm conscious of Well, uh, I'll just quickly touch on something because we had a great chance to do this segue, but we skipped right past it when we talked about Chip's single featuring Jamie and Dizzy, because Dizzy Rascal's released a new album. Diz Dizzy the Dizzy Rascal, or like, I feel like this is a momentous occasion, it's probably one of the bigger projects we could have spoken about today. Um and um he's one of these guys, isn't he? Like that doesn't really do much often because he's kind of like been in diet bear and done it and he's just chilling there, slow down a bit. Um, so to get a new album from Dizzy, like honestly, I was just hotly anticipating it. And I think I was saying before that like, cause, cause Ryan was kind of sending for Dizzy saying that he thinks he's whack. So I would love to hear what he thinks of this new Dizzy album. And me personally, I was just saying my only critique of Dizzy right now is I just want to see him bring it home. I just want to see him collab with all of the other UK rappers and just do some dope shit locally. Um, and he's done that, man. He's absolutely done that. E3 AF. Um, <coughs> where he goes the fuck in. There's a track with P Money on there. Um, you know, Dizzy makes beats as well. They yeah. produced that one with P Money on it. Um, he's got DW and Frisco on there, which is an absolute banger. Um, he's got a track with Chip on there, which is a banger. You know, Ocean, he made, Ocean Wisdom. He's got a beat from Splurge Boys on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the one with Ocean, Wiz, Ocean Wisdom is absolutely crazy. That's my favourite track on the album. Still Bangles is on there, another dope uh, UK producer. Did you know Still Bangles makes beats for um, Shannon the Cannon? Like when he does his little Instagram videos and he's like, champ, it's the champ. Let's go, champ. It's still Bangles, man. Shout out Bangles, that's the guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's got Getz and Kano on there, produced by Platinum 45. Like, come on, that's like classic grime type of lineup. Dizzy oh. Ross, Getz and Kano over a Platinum 45 beat. Are you and, mad? And the sad thing is I'm looking to hear everyone except... <laughs> that's just a sad thing like for, there's a tune that Ocean Wisdom done with Dizzy Rascal a couple of years ago called Revin and that's when I knew that Dizzy Rascal passed it and again on this latest track I can't remember the name of it I forget but Ocean Wisdom buries him it's called um, Don't Be Dumb are you saying that this track Don't Be Dumb it isn't Dizzy doesn't smash it he does okay but it's it okay he absolutely kills it with the double time flow but you know, he does he does. It was impressive. Him, him, it, it was impressive. <laughs> it was impressive him being able to keep up. But oh my unfortunately, again, it goes back to the same old thing. It's not the dizzy of old. I understand not everyone can stay and be the same old. You could like you have to grow. You have to evolve or be extinct. But for me, his sound. Just, I hold him in such high regards as a grime MC. To hear him not kind of do that on a consistent basis. It may not even grime transition to other music, but to, to, to for me the quality of of his bars have decreased. As a producer, he's still great. He's still a great producer. But I, I, just, I well, well, when his projects come out, I look forward to the features in his tune. And we've already mentioned the tune he had with Chip and JME um, called Fire. 
And I just didn't care to hear his verse. I mean, I was like, there are people who have better remixes of your bars than you actually have bars. I'd rather have, I'd rather someone else re- remix his verse on fire. I, I just want to hear something. I don't want to hear Dizzy, man. Shout out to Dizzy, though. Um, uh, yeah, shout out to Dizzy. But no thank you. Well, that's one opinion. Me, personally, I think this is a five-pint album. I think everybody should go and listen to this. It's Raskit. He's back. He's E3AF. Oh, so E3. said he's back. <laughs> On that note, so E3. That's still one of uh, the hardest grime tunes ever made. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. And um, yeah, I would just I would just wrap up my my musical uh, sessions that I've done. I've pretty much sessioned all of these albums, including one from Wizkid as well. Shout out to Wizkid. I think he's got the best album of the lot. Um, you know, Afrobeat artist. He just tied it all up, made it a real international album. Collaborated with UK rappers, with Jamaican artists, Nigerian artists, American artists. Just made it a whole rounded international sound with that Afrobeat um, flavor that he's a pioneer of. Um, so shout out to Wizkid, man. Like best album, like just five pints. Don't go get that. Five pints, well. Wicked. I think that's a lot of music. We've covered a lot today. Um, didn't even get around to the sport. Uh, but yeah, good fights from Usyk, Chisora and Javante Tank Davies with a, for me, knockout of the year so far. Um, but yeah, that was, that was destroyed Santa Cruz there. There's a lot lot to get through. Um, Yeah, man. I think I'm ready to pull the trigger. All right. Um, I forgot to say that that Wizkid album is called Made in Lagos. Go get Made in Lagos. Go get A3AF by Dizzy Rascal. DWE was Double or Nothing. Frisco the Familiar Stranger. Black Thought, Streams of Thought, Volume 3, Kane and Abel. And then Buster Rams with Extinction Level Event 2. The Wrath of God. Whew, a lot of music, but all worth a listen, man. All dope shit. Sport-wise, um, I was catching the, the, the Usk versus Chisora fight last night, um, but I was, like, nodding off, like, falling asleep. Um, looked like Del Boy was going to lose that. Man, I didn't even check the results to see what happened, but it looked like he was going to lose that on points. Um, the Khabib fight was hard. Khabib went and retired from UFC as the champ, the champ champ. Um, I didn't catch Davis versus Santa Cruz, though. Um, it was on Channel 5 um, it was pay-per-view in America the uh, Davies-Santa Cruz fight both champions and Davies fighting under the Floyd Mayweather promotional team and a really good fight I would recommend everyone to go back and watch that and a knockout in the 6th round that was just explosive ridiculous man power such power so a lot of opportunities for Davies now fighting uh, some you know possible People in the same way and Usek eyeing up uh, and in Joshua, which will be interesting. So watch this space. And some good fights this year for British boxing and in the US, but a lot of fights in the in the UK. So yeah, if you're a boxing fan, stay tuned. Um, we're not a boxing podcast, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew more. Well, I, I do know a little bit, but not proper, not not enough for, to gain people's interests. But um, yeah, big up all the boxers, all the UFC lot. A lot of women as well. A lot of women boxers out there. Shout out women. Yeah, yeah shout out women yeah. in general, man. We love you. God. <laughs> of course. Of course. God, God's most beautiful creature on this earth. There's nothing more beautiful than a woman. I don't know, man. Gazelles are quite elegant. 
think a woman beats a gazelle hands down. Not in a race, maybe, but in a in a. There's nothing more aesthetically pleasing than a woman, in my opinion. I'm not arguing with that. Yeah. Sounds like we are wrapping this up. Um, So make sure you go and check us out on the socials at Beer Rap Bants. My name is Cal. Um, Ben English, Ben podcast host. Uh, My name is Ryan. Check out the Buster Rhymes versus Missy Elliott playlist. (laughs) Come back to us, tell tell us what you think. Um, Yeah, enjoy yourself. There's hits in there. Let me know if anything's been missed. Tweet that. I think we'll tweet that throughout the week as well because um, this will this will line in lively with the with the podcast dropping every Monday week. Obviously, getting through your week. Big up Ash, you had to make a, a swift getaway. Um, yeah, thoughts go out to him. Thoughts go out to everyone listening and stay safe, especially those in the UK during this month lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take care. Here we are. Okay, I'll just say peace myself. <laughs> I was always uh, someone. Someone else says peace, so I don't say it. I just yeah.